Today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. Please follow along on your Bible or the screen above. Hear the word of God. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heaven host appear with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest of heaven. And on earth, peace to those who whom his favor rests. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. It's on? It's working. Once again, we just want to welcome everyone to our Edgewater service. Wow, first time for me here after the move, uh, preaching in Powell Park High School. Uh, last week, actually, I was here uh, as a site pastor. But uh, for me, this is actually my first school that I actually attended after coming to America. Um, not good memories, okay? So I need some healing right now, healing. A lot of, like, unhealthy stuff what happened, you know, when I was younger. Uh, so I, as I was walking in last week, I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, God's, like, like almost like, like a redeeming kind of thing, you know, rest, rest, restoring things in my heart. But uh, praise God. You know, we have come so far, Edgewater community. This is amazing. Uh, uh, so I, I love just this season as churches are getting planted and transitioning. Uh, there's just so much potential. And unless, you know, really working with the Lord together, 
um, uh, you know, we, 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 we see the potential of what God can do in and through our community. So let's continue to pray together. Uh, the Lord, I absolutely believe that the Lord has just so much in store for us, this community here, uh, starting here at Powell Park. So, so praise the Lord. Uh, today, uh, we are starting a sermon series regarding this Advent season. So in the Christian calendar, this season is called the Advent, traditionally called the Advent, and it is the four Sundays leading into Christmas Sunday. So today, December 2nd, I can't believe it's already December, crazy, uh, is our first official Advent Sunday. Traditionally in the Christian calendar, Advent uh, Sundays have these themes where uh, we start with hope. The first Sunday is usually a sideline for hope, then peace. Then the third Sunday is joy. Then the last Christmas Sunday, we end with love. That's the traditional Christian calendar. But today, because we're different, we're New Mercy, we're actually going to launch our Advent here at New Mercy with, with joy. With joy. Personally for me, um, as, I was, as I've been reflecting upon this season, you know, with Thanksgiving and this Christmas season, with the craziness that's about to happen, uh, for some reason this year, this word joy uh, really has been uh, being rooted upon my heart. And God's been coming over me and challenging me personally and encouraging me and refreshing me uh, in that word joy. So I want us to kind of you know, quickly today, uh, the sermon is going to be really just focusing on this one verse today. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this is the reason for our great joy. Amen. So as we think about, as we head into this, start this Advent season, let's allow the Lord to really refresh us of the joy that is in the Lord. So can we pray together? Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. Just again, thanking you, Father, for this, uh, this Sunday, this community Sunday where we could gather together as your people to love you, to worship you. Lord, uh, just, just, just in humility, Lord, we come. So in our posture, we bow, we worship you. Lord, we thank you how far uh, we have come here. And we ask again, just more of just your presence, more of your guidance and excitement and vision here. So Lord, as we start off this Advent uh, Sunday, this special season, we ask for just a powerful presence of your spirit, uh, guidance uh, in and through, Father, uh, the work of Jesus Christ may be present here. Lord, we know that even here among us in our community, there are many of us, Father. Uh, joy is the, perhaps the last thing that we think of today. Just there's a lot of uncertainty, anxiety, concerns, and we are in difficult situations, Father. But we pray, Lord, just a supernatural, overwhelming presence of you will come. And again, as we launch into this season, Father, will you, will, you, will you hold us, Father? Will you speak into our lives? Okay, remind us of our joy that is in you. So we thank you, Father. And once again, we love you. Be with the preaching of the word. All things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This Christmas season, uh, usually it gets pretty crazy in our, in our home, in the you household. Uh, so, you know, our kids are now older. I have four children. 
And actually, my wife and I will be 20 years already in our, in our marriage, uh, four children. And every year, we've been trying to reduce the amount of gifts that we give our kids, right? So when they're younger, of course, it's cute, you know, like we want to like bless them and stuff. So everyone gets like four gifts, whatever, but then three, two. Then last year, finally, it was like one, right? Um, and this year, again, our youngest, Nora, is uh, 12 years old. So youngest is 12. And uh, my wife just told me this, and uh, it's so funny. They were in the car, and my wife told Nora, our, our youngest 12-year-old, Hey, Nora, uh, how did you feel about just getting one gift last year? Because I think you might just get one again. And Nora said, obviously it was terrible. Then Lisa, my wife, reminded Nora, Nora, but you know, the essence of Christmas is actually, isn't it about Jesus? Then Nora said, she, she went a little quiet, and she came back to Lisa and said, Mom, but did you know that even Jesus received three gifts? <laughs> so Nora, Lisa was shocked. Lisa was shocked. And on top of that, Nora goes on and goes, and those were good gifts, nice gifts. He got gold. He got, you know, incense. Uh, so it was crazy. But I don't know about how, how, what's, how, you know, how it's going in your household, but... This, you know, the Christmas season, seasons like this, as we enter into this, this season, it does and it can get a little crazy, all right? Uh, and I think as the people of God, we need to really intentionally uh, watch our hearts. And for me personally, the season of Advent is a time of uh, regrounding. I know some people, you know, it's, it's a time of preparation, expectation for, for me. It's a time of regrounding again. Again, just asking the Lord to, Lord, quiet my heart. I know it's crazy. Again, gifting and parties and meetings, all this stuff happening. But uh, as a person of God, Lord, reground my heart upon what is really important and the work of Jesus again. You know, I, I want that joy. I want to experience an encounter. I don't want this Christmas to just be like another kind of like a holiday. But Lord, as a person of God, reground me. So as I'm kind of in this season again, uh, the word that came to me was, was joy. I don't know why. Never ever before. You know, joy is always there, right? We see joy. We talk about joy. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. We sang today. Everywhere. We talk about it. But honestly, for the Christian, if you were to be, if you were to be just kind of be real with, with our hearts, I think a lot of us, we don't know what to do with joy. Sometimes joy is a little, one of those like little awkward words. You know, is this for me to go like this? Crazy. What, what is joy? Sometimes I think we even fear joy, right? When we come across those scriptures, rejoice in the Lord. Even in the midst of your sufferings, we don't know what to do. Joy is one of those words, especially I think in our generation today, our generation of Christians today. It is a word that really challenges us. It really challenges us. Are we, honestly, are we joyful? Are we, are we anchored upon the presence of the Lord? Because throughout Scripture, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So with this conviction, I've been studying this, this little word, joy. And even in the Christmas story, just in the book of Luke, I think we have the first slide. I never saw this before, but there are so many just direct instances where joy is referenced, right? Even from the Christmas story, just in the book of Luke. I mean, all the Gospels have it, but just in the book of Luke, chapter 1, 14, Zachariah, Zachariah was told by the angel, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth. Talking about John the Baptist, Luke 1, 44, John the Baptist leaped for joy. Luke, Luke chapter 1, 47, Mary rejoiced in God. 
Luke 158, they were rejoicing with Elizabeth. Luke chapter 210, the angel proclaimed glad tidings, great joy. There's actually about 650 references throughout the Bible regarding joy and rejoicing. Right? So we miss it. We don't really think about it. But when we you know, put, put on the lens of joy and when we begin to study and read Scripture, we, we're, we're floored. We will get floored how much the joy is part of the Christian life. Right? And, and its significance and importance. Romans 14, 17 actually says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and what? And joy in the Holy Ghost. Even the kingdom of God, as Jesus is summarizing, kingdom of God, uh, Paul is summarizing, kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, or, but it's about his righteousness. It's about peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So today, what I want to do is very quickly, um, if we may, uh, do a little study on the theology of joy. So if we were to kind of rewire and ground ourselves Going back to biblically, what is this Christian joy? What is joy? Okay, what is joy? What is a Christian? So kind of like, I'm going to turn it, theology of joy, what is biblical joy? So number one, first, if the foundation of joy is rooted in the character of God. Okay, so number one, the foundation of joy is rooted in the character of God. Our God is a joyful God. Scripture, throughout Scripture, especially in the Psalms, He rejoices over us. He, is, he desires joy over us. He delights in us again and again, over and over again. There's a part of God, our God, our great Father God, that his character, part of his character is, is, is joyful. Amen? Amen? No? You don't believe it? Oh, no, he's nasty, he's stern. It's, you have father issues, that's why. I'm just kidding. God is, a, God is a joyful God. You know, we see this even in the beginning of creation, right? Remember Genesis chapter 1? God comes out of nothing. He creates. Day 1, he creates. Then what does he say every time? It was good. And when he says it was good, what is that? Is it just approval? You know? No, but in the context, what it is, when he says it is good, is what? It's also pleasure. It's kind of like, you know, I love sushi. So I go eat sushi and that fatty tuna, you know, like the perfect piece and you you bite it in, and you say, OMG, this is amazing, this is good. Is it just, oh, it's, the makeup is perfect. Is it, is it just approval? No, it's also delight. It's also, it's also pleasure when, when God says something is good. And over his creation, because that's in his character, he creates and he delights in it. That's our God. Right? Throughout the scriptures, again, what is the whole point of redemption? Of course, there are many dimensions, but if we were to look at it through the lens of joy, what is it? God is restoring the original created joy of Genesis 1. Right? That, that perfect Eden that we had, that perfect joyful connection that we had in the Lord, that was broken because of sin. So what? He is restoring. That's why places like Luke, where you know, a lot of the parables... When, you know, especially Luke chapter 15, the lost coin, the lost sheep, the prodigal son, those parables. Every time when Jesus makes a point of redemption, returning, restoration, in that parable, what does it say? There was great rejoicing. She rejoiced finding the coin. He rejoiced the sheep returning. When the, when the prodigal son returns, what? The father rejoices. Again and again, just showing the heart of God, character of God. 
there is joy. There's rejoicing taking place. Revelation, at the end of the end. So creation, Genesis, we see this part of God. At the end, how does the book end? The great banquet, celebration. Right? It's a wedding feast. It's a party. See, our, our God is a, is a joyful God. So just to start again, so theology of joy, biblical joy. What is a biblical joy? It's rooted upon who God is. Joy starts with God. Right? Because we are created in his image, there is part of that, of, of God, that was meant for us, that's in us, that we were meant for joy in some way. So, we, so as we kind of build on this, I want us to kind of have a good foundation. Because I met a lot of Christians over the years. Um, they don't have a good, I guess, healthy view of God, our, our Father God. And they don't see God in terms of a joyful, happy God. I, I mean, a lot of Christians. Because I don't know, again, let's see, we, we, sometimes we project our fathers, our upbringing. But, you know, Pastor Hans, Pastor Wanjie, Pastor Austin, uh, to me, God is never smiling. God is never joyful. When you say God delights over me, God rejoices over me, that's hard for me. That's not the image of God. When I close my eyes, when I pray, God is kind of angry. Or God is about to jump on me. But that's not the biblical picture of the Lord. God is a father who loves us and rejoices over He delights over his creation, over us. And he's waiting for people to come back. And one person comes back. Scripture says in heaven there is a celebration. There's a banquet. There's a party. At the end of the day, the, the, the picture of true restoration, the final picture is what? It's, it's, it's a huge celebration. It's, it's a joyful occasion. On and on. Okay, that's number, one. number two, for the Christian, so foundation of joy is really in the character of God. Number two, for the Christian... Our joy is a deep inner delight or gladness that rests securely upon the person and the work of Jesus Christ. For the Christian, our joy is a deep inner delight or gladness that rests rests securely upon the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So biblical joy, as you know, if you grew up in the church, you heard this many, many times. Biblical joy does not depend on our circumstances, okay? It's not a fleeting feeling. It does not depend on how things are going or situational. It's not a temporal. Definitely there is an emotional bend to it, but it's not only about emotion, okay? So it's almost, Bible teaches that biblical joy is almost like a state that we get in because of the work in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's why the one more difficult passages of joy throughout Scripture is what? In your, even in your sufferings, rejoice. For all the Christians that we see, even in their suffering, even in difficulties, when things are not good, circumstances are not good, still God commands us, calls us to rejoice. So joy is not circumstantial. It does not depend on circumstances. It doesn't actually matter how we feel. You know, today I was driving down, coming to the, to the service, and, I, you know, the whole, you know, whatever, a couple of weeks I've been preparing this, then I was thinking, and I was driving, then, you know, today was not a great day, weather-wise, right? And, you know, what a great day to talk about joy. So it's like, you know, terrible, raining and stuff. Then in my mind, at first I was like, oh, great. What a do-do day to preach on joy. But then as I was coming, I was like, actually, you know what? This is the perfect day to preach on joy. Joy does not depend on circumstances. 
Sometimes we get up, weather is like this. Well, how do we feel? We're like, oh, I feel bad. I don't have any joy. But that's not joy. That's feelings. That's just your emotional ups and downs. That's not biblical joy. Biblical joy is something deeper. It is rooted. It is anchored upon the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So it could be a cloudy day. It could be a doo-doo day. But you could still have joy. Things are not going well, terrible. You had a bad day at work. You could still find joy. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the constant reminder Scripture teaches us. There is joy in the Lord. There is joy in the Lord. Lord does not change. So if we find joy in the Lord, we can have joy. We have joy internally. So it is a, it is a for the Christian, it is a joy. It is a deep inner delight or gladness. Again, that rests securely upon the personal work of Jesus Christ. So it's not, it does not depend on circumstances, but what is it more so? The more you study it, joy is actually something that is relational. Okay? Joy is relational. Today, the main verse, again, you know, the Christmas story. You know, the, the shepherds are outside. Then the announcement comes, you know, today born, this day, verse 11, today in the city of David, a Savior, Jesus Christ, finally is here. You know, it's been 400 years since the last prophet Malachi and today, Luke chapter 2. 400 years, nothing. We call it the intertestinal period where God just goes blank, silent, no prophets, no nothing. Then finally, God breaks through and there is great joy that is proclaimed upon what? Upon the person coming of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. John chapter 15, 11 says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. You know, when you study the Gospels, many times we see Jesus talking about that we actually, the, the joy of the Christian is upon Christ and we receive it from Jesus Christ. There is like a relational dimension in this. All right? So interesting. Um, I think part of it is kind of like this. I don't know. If you, you have, if you have friends, hopefully you have friends. Uh, the deeper the friendship comes, right, uh, Sometimes we are, we are able to more, do, do more, I guess, you know, I don't know, we joke around more. There is a trust that develops, and you can really be yourself, right? It's kind of like that. I think when we anchor our joy, the source of joy, upon the person of Jesus Christ, it really, again, comes back to intimacy. That's why when we meet growing Christians, intimate Christians, mature Christians, it's really hard to find Christians who are growing and intimate and mature that lacks joy. Joy is a byproduct of this relationship. The deeper that we get to know the Lord in Jesus Christ, his joy now comes upon us more and more. Circumstances might not change. Your life is still sucky and difficult and you have a lot of issues. But again, that, that has nothing to do with joy. Joy is anchored in your relationship uh, with the Lord. <coughs> so joy uh, is not circumstantial. It's more of a relationship. And last one is, through our scripture, we are called to live a life of joy. We're called to live a life of joy. Scripturally, joy is a gift. So again, I'm just kind of, hopefully we're being refreshed in this theology or basis of joy. Okay, Christian joy. So I'm just going to, I'm, I'm keep on just hopefully going with different dimensions of joy. So we're called to live a joy. Joy is a gift. So uh, verses like Galatians, when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, 
right? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. So fruit of the Spirit, meaning uh, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and it, he, he begins to produce the characteristics, what, does it, what it means to be a Christian. And Scripture teaches us today, part of that fruit of being a Christian, being in the Spirit, dimension of that is actually is joy. So joy is also a gift. You know, sometimes people uh, come and ask me, you know, Pastor Russell, you know, I have a hard time loving somebody. There's no love, absolutely no love in my heart. I have a hard time having peace or joy. Then I ask you, you know, do, are you a follower of Jesus? And they say, yes, I think so. I'm a Christian. If you are a Christian, if, you, if there was one moment that you really embrace Jesus Christ and you have a relationship, then actually, you know what? Those things are actually already in you. Some part of it. It is a gift. The moment that we see it, say yes to Christ, there's something that takes place. There's a transformation, and it is there. We don't feel it at times. We feel like, oh, the last thing I have is joy. last thing I have is love. But it's also a gift. It's in you. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Not only joy is a gift, but joy is also a call. God calls us to express and live out our joy. Scripture has, again, about 650 times challenging the Christian, challenging the people of God. Find joy, rejoice, joy of the Lord. Right? The great passage, in, remember, Nehemiah, when there was a time when the Israelites were far away and they rediscovered the word of God, that great scene. And they're reading and they're weeping and they're repenting because they finally connect and find what? Find who God is. And there are times of mourning and repenting and people are weeping and crying. Then in the midst of that, Nehemiah comes and says, this day I want you to stop mourning. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So almost, also there's a dimension of sign of true revival is joy. I, I believe that, absolutely believe that. A sign of true movement of joy or movement of God, there is joy. Right? Because that's, that's, a, that's part, of, part of the Lord, part of a character of the Lord. Movement of the Lord involves, always involves joy, even in repentance. Even in brokenness, true godly brokenness, there still could be joy. Man, I need this. And lastly, Christian joy is, another way to define it, is the affirmation of the truest thing in life. Christian joy is the affirmation of the truest thing in life. What does this mean? This means that Christian joy, when you study the scripture, it does not mean that we are denying grief. It's not pretending to be happy. Okay? It's not ignoring our pain. That's not Christian joy. Okay? Someone, actually, someone said, one of the commentators said, actually, I, I love this. He says, we can only get to true joy when we are the most honest about our realities. So another dimension that Scripture teaches about joy is joy is affirming. It's in the affirming of the truest, truest thing of who we are, about who we are. How does this allow joy to grow? You know what this means? This means ultimately what we're going through. The pain, the suffering, the, the, the difficulties that we're going through, we see it, but those are not, those things are not all. 
There's something else deeper underneath, more powerful, more truer that is going on. Amen? Amen. Situationally, yeah, I'm in this season. It's tough. I just broke up. I just got a divorce. I lost my job. Sickness, loss, pain. That's, that's life. You know, in life, there will be tribulations, but I, I have overcome the world, Jesus says. It's going to happen. It's going to come. But yet, Christian joy is when we are most honest. When we say, Lord, this is tough, this is terrible. But yet, still acknowledging there are deeper, truer things behind it. That God is yet still moving. There still is hope. There is restoration and redemption that is coming. And that is happening even now. Even in this situation, I cannot see it. I don't know where God is. I don't know how God is moving. But the more true or more real you get about your life, you encounter the power of joy. Because even behind all that, God is still moving. God is still moving. God is still working. That's why for the Christians, yes, when you face trials of many kinds, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face the trials of many kinds, that these trials produce perseverance, perseverance character. Uh, For the Christians in your sufferings, Paul, throughout all the prison letters, every single letter, Philippians, Ephesians, every time he writes, what? Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Find joy in the Lord. Find joy in the Lord. Find joy in the Lord. This is not just some greeting. This is Paul becoming the true himself. He knows. He knows the realities. I'm in prison. Oh, my gosh. This, this food sucks. Whatever. I mean, he's, he's being persecuted. It's real. Don't deny it. That's not Christian joy. Face it. But as we face it, we know ultimately even behind those things, there are truer, truer, deeper things that are taking place. Therefore, I can joy. Therefore, I can find joy. Okay, uh, sorry, some just quick applications or just a few concluding things and we'll end today. A couple of years ago, I went to a conference and uh, the theme of that conference was uh, we choose joy. That was the theme of the conference. We choose joy. And, um, and you know, over the years, one thing I still kind of remember from that conference, one of the applications was that the, the, the speaker was saying, every morning when we get up, uh, think about what does it mean for you today, this moment, to choose joy. Because again, joy is not just a feeling. It's like a, not a random like, like feeling that comes and goes. Oh, I feel it today. I don't. That's not what it is. Biblical joy is grounded in something deeper. And we are able to choose joy. I choose, I make a decision, commitment to be joyful today. I face my realities, I face my difficulties, but behind all that, still God is good. Still the work and the person of Jesus Christ is real and intimate. He loves me, he delights over me, so therefore I will joy. You know, so Lisa and I, uh, this past year, actually 2018, we made a thing that as much as we can, uh, before we go into the office, uh, we try to get up a little early, and uh, we go to this little place, in a little ferry. Okay, I don't want to reveal our secret location, but there's like this, this nasty like pond there in front of. Anyways, 
and we walk around. It's about like a half a mile you do once, so we just do once. I'm just kidding. And we walk around, and, and um, every time I go, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, I'm like walking with my wife before the start of the day. Kids are all at school, peaceful, and just some, some days, you know, night, better weather than other. But I make it a, a habit. I, I've been trying to make it a habit. The Lord, this moment, just, just this moment, I'm so grateful. And I, I thank you, and I find joy in you. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen today. You know, something crazy might happen. But right now, right now, this moment, I, I'm so thankful for this moment and this day. And I find joy in you. I choose joy right now. I think practice of joy leads to greater growth and joy. Like you, you're, you know, sometimes we sit around and we think, oh, God, give me joy, give me joy. But you're always just not expressing joy in any way. You're just constantly, right, you know, anxious and, you know, whatever, worrisome and, like, angry. And those feelings sometimes take over our hearts. And you just ask the Lord, Lord, give me joy, give me joy. Sometimes it helps if we choose joy, practice joy, then the joy comes and grows further. So I pray that for just, just, just start moment by moment. Okay? Yeah. Number two, and we'll end with this second application, will be uh, one of the common verses that we, we study a lot. I think a lot of people love is John 10.10, 10, right? John 10.10, 10, we have that, John 10.10. 10. And John 10.10, 10 actually, uh, we highlight, I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. Right? Even at numerous, I think we talk about this a lot. Right? Our theme of church for the broken, and we, we talk about this a lot. But um, that verse, this is not the full verse. This is actually John 10, 10b. <laughs> you know that, right? Uh, so the full verse says what? Full verse says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. So when I was kind of like reading this whole thing, I know the second part sounds good, right? Like, like you know, I wish the first part didn't exist. But if we were to just take the whole thing, I, I, I think God is saying, a lot of the things, many times when we are not living the full life, there is a reason for it. We are actually being robbed. Often for Christians, something comes, something happens, and someone is robbing of your joy. It's robbing of our peace. It's robbing us of our hope. And scripture says there is a thief, there is an enemy. And I think it could be many things. We allow it to rob us from this great joy that God brings in his special, uh, you know, in his person of Jesus Christ. So today, as we start this season of Advent, as the angels come to the humble shepherds first. Shepherds are nobody. They're nobody. And to the shepherds, intentionally, God comes announcing, proclaiming the greatest event that takes place. Coming of the waited Savior, Messiah, Jesus Christ. 
proclaiming the great news of great joy. And I pray for that. I pray for that this Advent season for all of us, all your homes, your families, your children. I pray that this season, this year, that we will find courage to joy. Lord, give us courage. Give me courage to find joy in you, to choose joy in you. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Regardless of what's happening in the surface, I want to be more real. And when I get more real, I know that there is something deeper, truer that is having place in the back. Therefore, I will rejoice in the Lord. Can we pray? Let's pray if we close. If we could, um, yeah, maybe spend some time as we think about uh, just this Christmas story and this Christmas season. Uh, Lord, where is my joy? God, um, Lord, I want that joy. I want that deep-seated joy that does not depend on circumstances or situations that truly is anchored upon the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus Christ. That magnificent, beautiful story, Father, of you coming into this world and being Emmanuel with us, Father. So, Lord, will you ground us? Will you take us back to you? Remind us of you, Father. So as we start this Advent season, Father, we ask for the joy of the Lord. Uh, If we could just spend some time in prayer as God leads just upon our hearts.